Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in to the Just Janice podcast. I am your host, Janice, and we know that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So in this joy-filled podcast, you're going to hear real-life stories from other believers. We're going to talk about the kingdom. We're going to magnify Jesus, and it's going to be awesome. So thanks for tuning in, and here we go. Hey, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Just Janice. I am so excited to encourage your hearts in the Lord. And the Lord gave me a couple of just like banner scriptures for my ministry, for the podcast, for whatever he has me doing. And I encourage you, like if you have a ministry or you're, well, we all have a ministry, right? We're all called to be ministers of reconciliation. So I guess just for your life to ask the Lord to give you some banner verses. And I think it's so beautiful to have those um, just because they're like anchor verses for whatever God's calling us to. And so I love Colossians 2, 2, and it says that their hearts may be encouraged. And then Psalms 96, 3, declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. And so those are both just like anchor verses for what I'm doing with the podcast and what I'm doing with uh, my personal ministries and things that that's like my heart is just to know him and to make him known and to encourage your hearts, to encourage hearts around me because we live in such a world where hearts are so heavy and so weighted down and so anxious and just filled with just heaviness, just the spirit of heaviness is so thick and tangible in the world. And so I just feel like a calling on my life Um, And I believe we're all called to that too, but just an anointing in my life to encourage other hearts, to encourage people that feel heavy hearted. And I know what that looks like. I know what that means. And even as a believer, I've gone through seasons and times where my heart has just been so heavy. And so having someone who is willing to speak a right word into me, to bring me a timely word out of scripture, whatever, has been just life changing for me. And so I just love the Lord. And Anytime that I can speak life is a privilege. And the word, you know, tells us that we, um, can, our tongue has a power of life and death. And so I always want to choose to speak life and encourage other people and for my words to be fruitful, not to be idle and, and meaningless and things. And so it is so good. So I encourage you right off the bat in this episode to ask the Lord to give you some scriptures just for your life, maybe for your workplace, whatever it is that that um, you are doing, whether you're a stay-at-home mom to give you scriptures for that, or a wife, scriptures for that. If you're single, scriptures for that. Like, I love the Word of God because there's something for everything. And for every season of life, there's scriptures that that we can hold on to and cling to. And so today's episode, really, I'm piggybacking on my episode from last week, which is in uh, where I talked about in Mark, about being unashamed and about just following the Lord and um, in complete surrender and losing our lives for his sake. And that when we lose our lives for him, we find it. And so today is just kind of piggybacking on that because there's so much, <laughs> so much that could be said along these lines and, and really just felt led to share some scriptures out of Luke 14. And so I just pray right now that our spiritual ears are open, God, that we will receive whatever it is you want for us, Lord, that your word, anytime that we hear it and we read it, God would fall on good soil and that it would bear fruit in our lives in Jesus' name. And so I'm reading in 1425 through, I'm just going to read through the end of the chapter, okay? So it says, now great multitudes went with him. So that's talking about Jesus. Great multitudes went with him. 
And he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And so there's so many times where we hear a word like that, and it's so important that we know what he's saying in this. And I had this ministered to me as a teenager in youth group, and he really talked about that, like this hating our father, mother, whatever. Obviously, as Christians, we're not called to hate. We're called to love and and all of that. And But what Jesus is saying here is that he has to be above our father and mother, children, brothers, and sisters. And like this is a point where people hear these kind of words. Like these are not like scratch my ears, tickle my ears kind of messages. Like these are very blunt things that Jesus said that a lot of times we don't want to talk about or whatever. And I know in this moment when he's sharing this and what I'm about to share with the rest of the rest of this portion of scripture, I'm sure there was a lot of people that turned and walked away because it's harsh, it's too hard and whatever. And it's so important that we know that when he's saying this, it's not saying to literally hate them. It's saying to love them less and that the way that we love God should be so great and so just so just so great, I guess. I I don't know what other way to say it, but the way that we love him should look like hatred compared to how we love other people because we are just completely sold out for him, in love, enamored, consumed, obsessed with him, that it could look like hatred compared to other people. But obviously, we don't actually hate people we're called to love. And so to have that kind of love for God, to truly love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, like he calls us to, the first and greatest commandment, to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. I think a lot of us leave some love on reserve when it comes to loving God. Like we love him and we love him a lot and he's a major important part of our, like an important part of our life. We are just, we call ourselves followers and things, but are we loving him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength? I don't know. That's a challenge for me, even just sharing this. Like, God, is there parts of me that I haven't completely surrendered? Is there parts of my heart that I haven't completely given you access to? Is there parts of me that don't love you with everything that I am? So that's obviously between you and the Lord to to talk about. But I'm going to go on in verse 27. It says, whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish it? Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all he has, cannot be my disciples. I'm going to stop there. Actually, there's a couple more scriptures, but I'm going to stop there and really land on verse 33. Whoever does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciples. And so I love that he tells them like there is a cost to following me and there is still a cost to following him. Like, and that's the cost of your flesh, your worldly pursuits, your worldly desires. But I love that he exchange, like we exchange those worldly fleshy desires for his desires, for his truth, for his ways. And it's such a better way. It's such a better path. But the reality is, is that there are two paths that the world is on. There is the broad path that the word says leads to destruction. Many are on it. Most are on it. And then there's that narrow path, that path that he has carved out just for us. And it, those who choose to say yes to the call, right? Those who have said, I count the cost and it's worth it to me. I know that it's an expensive 
it's expensive. That price tag is high, but I'm willing to pay it. And so that narrow path is the one that few find, but that's a path that leads to life. And so that is just my challenge to you to find, to really, to think about where you're at, whether you're on the broad path or the narrow path, and just to count the cost because there is a cost involved. And so if you have been told, like following the Lord, it's all rainbows and butterflies and, and all those things, like you have bought a lie and that is part of the American gospel, right? That's like prosperity and all these things. And there is prosperity in the Lord, but it's so much more than, you know, financial and all those things. Like it is, it's a spiritual prosperity that cannot be found anywhere else outside of Christ. And yes, he provides for our needs and all those things that we can trust him. He's our great physician. He's our healer. And, and he, provides every need. Like the word says it, he gives us an abundance for every good work and that we lack no good thing with him and, and all those things. But that's not the reason we come to him. We cannot sell the gospel for, for, so it's such a cheap price tag to tell people like you will have like this problem free life and whatever. In reality, that is not why we come to Christ. Yes, we have a better life, but there is a cost to be paid and things are hard when you have to say no to things that are worldly and ungodly and you have to go against the grain and you stand in the face of opposition so often because the world is going one way and you're going the other and you don't agree with what the world is saying is truth because it goes against the word of God. Like that is not easy. And I had times like that in high school and in in the workplace over the years and things where I've had to take a firm stance because it goes against what the word says. And that is hard and you get called religious and all these things, whatever. Like I've been made fun of whatever. Like in America, honestly, at this point, not saying it's always going to be this way, but that is like our greatest fear and the greatest opposition that we face is not being liked and not, you know, not having favor in people's eyes or whatever, like people not liking us or disagreeing with us or being made fun of. And if that is like, seriously, if that keeps us from standing in truth, that's really sad because there's so many brothers and sisters in Christ who are literally willing to lay their lives down and give their lives for the sake of the gospel. And we won't even make a stand for truth because we're afraid of being made fun of. It's it's a sad reality. And so I just think about that, even as I came out here to record this podcast, and this is kind of a cheesy analogy, but I was holding my chai tea and walking out here to the front porch and I stubbed my toe because I have um, just like a, what do you call it? I don't even know. There's like a board between my living room and my front porch here where I record. And I stubbed my toe on it. And my chai tea went flying everywhere. It got on my phone. It got on my, thankfully it didn't get on my Bible. It got on my desk uh, all over the front of me. And it was burning hot. And it just like reminded me not that God calls us to, you know, be burned by coffee, obviously, but, or tea, but just it reminded me that sometimes living for God is inconvenient. Sometimes it is inconvenient. And I'll just say that because it's true. It's going to take your time, your attention, all that when you could just be, doing nothing, chilling out, vegging, watching Netflix all the time, doing what you want, making your schedule according to your own desires or living just a lazy life. And my friend Anna preached on this last night at an event we did about just how we have that choice. We can live a lazy life. We can just float through life or whatever, or we can choose to say yes to God, count the cost, say it's worth it and do the things he's called us to do. And so for me, a lot of like my schedule is around ministry. And it is a price that I'm willing to pay. Honestly, it's one that I don't even think about as far as like, oh my gosh, another night of ministry or whatever. Like I've already counted that cost when I was born again. 
and said he was worth it. He was worth it. The the savior of the world who was willing to come to this earth, live a sinless life, show me what it looks like to live for God, to live a life that's abandoned for God. And I love that Jesus always said, like, I'm about my father's business. I'm doing what God's called me to do. And so he wasn't distracted with anything else. He just did what he was called to do. And so that is like my heart and desire. God, I want to do what you've called me to do. And what that looks like in this season may not look like, you know, what I'm doing in six months from now or a year, but I just want to be so in tune with his voice. And so just like, I just see like this picture of my heart being in sync with the rhythm of his heart that I know he's shifting me or moving me this way or that way. I know what he's speaking to me in this season. And I say yes to him and I move with the spirit in whatever, whatever that is. And so that is where I want to be in my life. And I want to say yes to him because he's worth it. And just to know, like, I think about just what he endured, what he went through and how the word says it for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And that joy that was set before him was knowing that we could be redeemed, knowing that we could be in relationship with him. And what a beautiful thing that is. And I'm not going to get emotional, but when I think about just the sacrifice that Jesus made at the cross, and even before the cross, when he was willing to take those beatings and to be lashed with those straight, like being struck on his back with those whips and, and his beard being plucked out and all those things and that he did all of that to be the perfect spotless lamb of God and to give his life as a ransom for many and to know that that was you know what 2,000 years ago over 2,000 years ago and that that sacrifice he made that yes to the father that he made and I think about him like in the garden where he was literally sweating blood and in such turmoil because he knew that the cross was coming but he still chose to say yes and he was like God if there's any other way the, you know, if we can make this happen any other way to reconcile humanity to the Father, if there's any other way, take this cup from me, but it, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there wasn't another way. This was the reason he came. And so he did what he came to do. And I love to just a side note, the scripture that says that he came to destroy the works of the devil. And he did that. He did that. And so the enemy is defeated. Yes, he is rampant in the world and he is stealing, killing and destroying all over. But we have the authority. Jesus has given us the authority. He's given us the keys to the kingdom. And those keys, I just had this like picture a few years ago of like the set of keys that the Lord has given us and our authority. And I'm like, God, I want to know what these keys work for. I want to know what they do. I don't want to just know that I have them. I want to know how to, how to like implement them, how to use them. And so just that the scripture specifically that says that he's given us all authority to bind and loose. And so knowing that like when we're praying or we're believing or we're decreeing and declaring things that when we're binding things in the spirit, that's forbidding them. And when we're loosing, that's permitting. And so we have that authority as King's kids, as people who co are co-heirs with Christ, we rule and reign with him, that our voice matters. Our voice matters. The word says that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. And so I think we could hear that. And we're like, oh, righteous person, I'm not righteous. Well, if you are a Christian, you are righteous. Righteous just means that you're in right standing with God. You are a Christian, you're a believer. And so it doesn't mean you're perfect. None of us are perfect. Only Jesus, he's the only man that will ever be perfect. So if you ever find someone who says, you know, claims to be perfect, they're lying. And so therefore they're not perfect. So anyway, just knowing that it's all about him, it's all for him <clears throat> and your prayers matter. And it's so easy to think, well, who am I? I'm just this little girl from a small town, graduated with less than 100 people. 
um, 2000 people in my community. No one here ever does anything. It's kind of, it's that small town mindset, but it's not true. God has a calling and a purpose on every single person, every single kid in the school system here, every teacher, every farmer here, like everybody has a call of God on their lives. And it's so easy to let the enemy feed you a lie, to eat it, digest it, and just let it be part of your belief system. But if it doesn't line up with the word of God, get rid of it. So yeah, so your prayers matter. Your prayers are effective. So I encourage you to pay attention to the words that you speak, that you are speaking life. You are speaking in agreement with what the spirit is saying, what the word has already said. So important. So yeah, back to the whole like counting the cost thing. I was thinking about, um, I'm going to take a drink of my chai tea really quickly. I was thinking recently about just the cost and a lot of us, how we will say yes until it actually costs us something, right? I'll say yes to you, God, until it becomes inconvenient or if it, you know, if it, yeah, just basically if it becomes inconvenient until it actually costs me something, I'll say yes. And so for me, a lot of my yeses, yeses to the Lord have been fairly easy, just being honest, have been fairly easy. Like, I desire to do the things he's called me to do. And so he's lined my heart up with his desires as far as that goes. And so a lot of times it hasn't been, it hasn't felt like a sacrifice, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I know it is a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice of my time, my money, miles on my car, um, all those things. It is a sacrifice, but it's one that it's been easy for me to pay, right? It's been an easy sacrifice for the most part. So it was like, I don't know, maybe a few weeks ago, uh, I found out that my favorite Bible teacher, I have a handful of favorite Bible teachers, but one of my favorites is Charlotte Gamble, Charlotte Gamble. And so G-A-M-B-I-L-L, if you want to look her up, she's from England. I love her. And I've like literally sat under hours of her teachings and I've been able to meet her and see her and she does a tour every year with Natalie Grant. And so Natalie does the music, Charlotte preaches and I've been able to go to like two or three of their events and anytime they're around, I go. And so I found out that they are coming, excuse me, my goodness, to a town that's like a half an hour, 20 minutes north of me. And it's on the same day as another event that I had planned that I'm speaking at. And so it's not like it's just like something like, oh, okay, well, I wasn't really not a big deal. I can bow out of it. No, like I have an obligation to this event and I just like, I've given God my yes on this event. And so, and I know that that's where God has me and that's where I'm supposed to be. Like, I don't doubt that at all. And God's already given me, started stirring in me like a message for these women that I'm going to be ministering to. But this is like one of the handful of times where I've literally felt like this is costing me something like this is a sacrifice to me because I want to be at this other event. Like I want to be there. And that is so like first world problems, right? And I joke about that a lot because I live in America. So first world problems and like really like whatever. But it it is. It's like it made me realize like, God, this call is going to cost me. And yes, it may just be in the areas of convenience or just not being able to do the things maybe that would that I really want to do or whatever, but it's worth it because when we say yes to God, it is impacting other people's lives. And we have no idea the ripple effect of what we say yes to, what we're doing. I had two of my really good friends over last week or the week before to pray. And we were just sitting around and we were talking. And then we got into a time of prayer. And we were just sitting at my dining room table praying. And one of my friends had this like vision of like an earthquake. And there was more to it, a tsunami or 
<clears throat> something a tsunami that caused an earthquake or whatever. And like the Lord was showing me and I shared this with the girls and I'm going to share it with you that like when we go into places, whether that's our workplace or a ministry event or whatever that is, it is like an earthquake. It is like, whoa, we're shaking the ground here. We're changing the atmosphere. We're causing very obvious like things to happen in the natural. You can see like people are being healed. They're being set free. They're being delivered. They're being ministered to the word. Like you can see that tangible effect of what of what your yes is doing, right? But then we leave. Like I go into a church or a, or a home setting or whatever, I leave. But then after an earthquake, there's always the aftershocks, right? And so like God was showing me, like you have no idea the ripple effect of your yes. You have no idea. And yes, we are privileged sometimes to hear back from people that will be like, hey, this is what God is showing me and <clears throat> what God has done in my life and what's happened to me since like you ministered or whatever and what, you know, whatever. But we will never fully know the effect of our yes because we don't know how that, what God did in that situation is going to affect their children and their children's children and how legacy is formed. And that's one thing I pray a lot over events that I do. Like, God, I am praying that generations will be changed, that legacies will be created as a result of this event. And I am just one of those people that like believes that what I pray actually matters and is effective and happens. Like I said that to a friend last night, actually, she I was praying for her because she was struggling with nightmares in the night. And so I just, and that's something that God has delivered me from. And so I was praying that she will have sweet sleep because that's what his word promises us. So when she lays her head down on the pillow at night, that she will be ministered, her spirit man will be ministered to by the Lord, that she will have dreams from him and that she will not be tormented in the night. And so on the way home from this event, she had said, I think I'm going to sleep good tonight. And I said, I know you are because when I pray, I believe what I pray. And I think that's so important that as believers that we actually believe, that we actually believe that we have faith in what we're saying, that we're not just saying things and be like, well, like, okay, Lord, maybe it'll happen. Like, no, if we're praying according to his word and according to his will and his promises and what his spirit's leading us to pray, that we should be confident that we will have whatsoever things we say. And so that's just a, a word of encouragement for you to not pray in unbelief because that's kind of ineffective. So just praying and believing that what, what you're praying is shifting things, changing things. It's bringing breakthrough in people's lives and in your own life. And, and that's so important. So I just kind of want to land with, with just this idea of saying yes to God, counting the cost, knowing that it is a cost, (laughs) there is a price to be paid, but that it's worth it. And that you truly don't know the effect of your yes. You don't know how, how just, just the magnitude of effect that your yes has in the lives and generations and legacies and all of that that's created, that'll be changed, that'll be impacted because of what you say yes to. And so I, and I also just want a quick disclaimer, like if you feel like you have a call of God on your life and you've been hesitant to it or saying no to it, or just dragging your feet, I just pray a release of boldness and just whatever is hindering you or holding you back to be removed in Jesus name. But then also there is such a thing as timing too. And so like for me, like the Lord was really stirring in my heart uh, a women's ministry that I was supposed to do and it didn't happen right away. There was just a, there was a season where God was really refining my character and, and just doing works inside of me that I just wasn't ready for that yet. And so that's something we have to be sensitive to as well, but just whatever season you're in, you could be, whether you're preparing for what lies ahead or you're ready to step into it, I just speak blessings over you. And just know that it's 
it's important and it matters. What you bring to the table matters. What you are gifted with, your talents, your giftings from the Lord, your unique giftings, your discernment, whatever it is that God has given you, like it matters and it's needed. And I need you to do what God has called you to do. Those around you need you to do what God has called you to do. And I just think about like the scriptures, I believe in Corinthians, where it talks about the body of Christ and how he puts us in place. He puts us in the body where we, where he wants us to be. And it's so easy to be like, well, I don't want to be a, a, a knee. I want to be an elbow or whatever. It's so important that we don't fall into that trap. And we just identify where, what we are in the body of Christ. Okay. I am a knee. How does this work? What is my role? What is my function? How do I operate in the anointing to the best of my ability for him to advance the kingdom and push back darkness? And so, um, I just pray that God would reveal that to you what your giftings are, what your strengths are, and that he would show you how to effectively use them and minister them to advance the kingdom. So I'm going to go ahead and pray over you guys. And I think I'm going to get breakfast because my stomach keeps growling. Hopefully it doesn't come across the recording, but if it does, that's what it is because I have not had breakfast yet. So God is so good and he is so faithful and he is worthy of it all. He's worthy of our yes. So Father God, thank you so much for this podcast episode. God, I speak blessings over every single person who will listen to this. God, I pray that you would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation. God, that they would just have a revelation of what you've created them for, the calling on their life. God, whatever it is that you have put inside of them. God, that they would know what that is, that you would show them how to steward that well to impact the world around them. God, I thank you that heaviness is breaking off in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that that spirit of heaviness has to go. God, I pray for refreshing. God, I thank you that your word says that times of refreshing come in your presence. So I pray that every single person, including myself, would find time to just sit in your presence, Lord, where refreshing is found. God, I thank you that you take us from glory to glory, God, and that you have good things planned for our lives. And Lord, I pray that we would have hearts of surrender, hearts that would count the cost and say, yes, God, you are worth it. You are worth it. You are worth it. Whatever that looks like, God, knowing that whatever we sacrifice and give up is nothing compared to what you have already sacrificed for us. And so, God, I thank you for the example that you give us in your word. And I just pray that we would read your word and we would apply it to our lives. And that foundation beneath our feet would be firm, that it would be strong. In Jesus' name, amen. The Just Janice podcast is part of the NRT Podcast Network. To find other great podcasts in the network, visit newreleasetoday.com. Be sure to connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Just Janice Podcast.